Okay, welcome, welcome. Today, my guest is Rabbi Nadia Saritsky. She is an amazing rabbi who's going to tell us about Sikun Olam, which is, as you know, a Jewish idea. And um, it's something that she's put into practice as a, social, as a rabbi and a social worker, hospital administrator, an interfaith chaplain, a mediator, Reiki practitioner, I could go on, but I'll let her um, tell you all more about what she does. Um, so my first question is about the meaning and origin of Tikkun Olam. Uh, could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be on this podcast with you. So, yeah, Tikkun Olam is usually interpreted or translated as healing the world and making the world a better place. And that's definitely something that everyone can resonate with. But the term has much deeper meaning in Judaism, and it really harkens back to 2,000 years ago and some Kabbalistic understandings of the world, how the world was created, and how we are working in the world to partner with God. So the story of what tikkun olam really means in its deepest form begins with the beginning. So all the way back. And the story that the Kabbalists tell is that in the beginning, there was only God. And when God wanted to create the world, the very first thing that God did was God... <clears throat> had to create space for the world to exist. So the very first act of creation that God did was actually withdrawal of God's self in order to make space for the world. So part of God withdrew from God's self to create this empty space where God could create matter and create the world. Mm -hmm. This withdrawal of God's self, the very first act of creation, is called simsum, which literally means like almost like a vacuum, if you can imagine, like suddenly there was a creation of a space where God was not mm. in order to have the world to exist, which is also really deep and interesting to think about how we don't always think about removing ourselves as an act of creation, but like, for example, a parent teaching a child how to walk, letting go is an important part of parenting. So there was this vacuum and then God created matter and then God wanted to animate matter, like to create human beings and life and plants and animals and so god infused matter with god's energy part of god's light and energy and as god's energy infused matter the finite matter contained in the vacuum with god's infinite energy created this massive explosion mm -hmm. and Later, scientists have called it the Big Bang, mm -hmm. but Kabbalists have known about it for much longer. This explosion 
of matter as God's energy filled it inside of that vacuum actually split God from God's self. So part of God was infused into matter. That part we call Shekhinah, Mm -hmm. which is actually the female part of God. The word Shekhinah literally means to dwell within. Mm -hmm. So God's presence is dwelling within matter. And you can see if you look in a microscope at an object, for example, you look at an atom, it, what looks stable is actually moving that energy that you can mm-hmm. see in a really strong microscope, not like that is actually what Kabbalists would say is God, God's energy, the Shekhinah that is now inside of matter. But God's energy is trapped inside of matter. Mm-hmm. And God became split from God's self as part of creation. So the male and female parts of God split. Mm -hmm. And as the male and female parts of God split, with the male part of God being up there and the female part dwelling here in earth inside each and every one of us, that split between male and female aspects of God represents some of the problems of this world. Mm. Because this world, you know, there's an imbalance all over around male and female energies. There's an imbalance because um, we don't have all of the compassion that we need or all of the strength. And the Kabbalistic Tree of Life talks about balance, about the different qualities of God, male and female, and how they're a little off balance. And that's one of the reasons why uh, we have so many problems in this world. It's an inherent part of nature. So human beings, our purpose created in the image of God is to try to heal God and the planet. Because every single time that we do something good, connect our energetic presence with matter, we can elevate the energy, the Shekhinah that's inside of matter, and we can help that reconnect back with God. When we love one another, that energetic connection is part of how God's love and light and energy reconnects with itself. And what we do when we are doing good is we're healing the world, the universe, God, ourselves, all in one. And so the word tikkun olam really represents all of those good deeds. And the word mitzvah, which is translated usually as a commandment, and sometimes people call it a good deed, because theoretically God's commandments are good deeds. Uh, The word mitzvah is actually from the Aramaic savata, which means a bundle, like a bundle of sticks, for example. And what we're doing when we do a mitzvah is we're connecting. We're bundling together the energy that is in this world with our own energy, with God's energy. And that is that bundling, that connection, that fusion is how God is healed, how the world is healed, how we are healing. Every time we do something good and infuse it with positive intention, we're doing tikkun olam. We're healing the world. We're healing God. We're healing ourselves. 
I loved what you had to say. Uh, so you're not going to, maybe you will believe this. You're not going to believe this. I never heard that explanation, but it was one of my theories, like my main theory about pretty much coincided with what you said. Like it pretty much matched up. About, I said like, I think God, I think for creation, God exploded himself. I made that up. I never knew that. So I think I was in touch with something. You were in touch with something. You didn't make it up. You but were I, yeah, tuning in to a deeper truth. Yeah, I, I had this theory, and yeah, like we're all puzzle pieces, like we're all pieces of God. We are and, all puzzle pieces. Yeah, and uh, wow. So um, that's so cool. Uh, so I was just going to ask you, like, um, why is it especially important today in today's world that we practice tikkun olam and how can we do it like how can you how can our listeners put that into practice well i i would say that it's especially important to practice tikkun olam right now because the world seems to be falling apart i mean 2020 has felt disastrous on so many different levels whether it is the wildfires in Australia and the animals who are were destroyed, some of them unique species that can never be recovered and plants that can never be recovered, to um, all of the challenges that nature is sending from hurricanes to earthquakes to all different kinds of challenges to wildfires to, of course, COVID. We cannot forget COVID, yeah. but um, the health challenges, and, and frankly, is COVID just the beginning of a brand new way of um, dealing with health issues with antibiotic resistance and all of the other mm. things that are going on? So the need for healing is profound and great. Why the need for healing seems to be getting worse, not better um, and of course, that's a topic of debate because some people say it's because we have more news, so we're more aware of what's going on. Um, but it does feel like the need is profound. Wherever we look, we cannot help but see need for healing and fixing. The world is so profoundly broken. What I love about the Kabbalistic view is that it seems impossible to think, how am I going to stop wildfires in Australia? How can I make a difference, little old me? And a lot of people kind of get stuck there. And the beauty of the Kabbalistic system is this understanding that each and every one of us can do even something as small as lighting a candle in your home is a mitzvah and is building some healing where part of God's light and energy and the female compassionate parts of God are reconnecting back with a source of strength, Aim Sof, the endless one. And as God is strengthening and unifying and becoming one, God is able to then expand God's presence in the world. So everything that we do can make a difference. The most important part of what we can do is doing that same tsum that God did, where God vacuumed in, removed some of God's self to make space for the world, 
we are sometimes so focused on ourselves and what's going on and this person, what, am, what do I look like? And this person said this and not that and Facebook and this and that. That what can we do? Work on removing our ego to create space for that awareness that God's love and light and energy is everywhere and to use ourselves as vessels to connect. Connecting God with God's self, connecting people with each other, connecting ideas with each other. All of those things are part of how we can bring some level of healing and connection. So spiritual practice is an important first step to become more aware and then we have to be sure to pray not just with our mouths but also with our feet so activism in whatever way we can to build compassion for one another and for this world and for animals and for all that lives we can try to help change people's perspectives help them become more compassionate so much of what's wrong in this world comes from a lack of compassion, comes from not thinking about how my behavior is affecting someone else, whether it is the use of single-use products, whether it's refusing to wear a mask, whatever it is, it's about compassion. It's about connecting. It's about thinking about how my choices affect others. Mm -hmm. So that first step is being fully clear within ourselves and then working to bring healing to others so that they can become more fully clear. And if my puzzle pieces connect with your puzzle pieces, sooner or later, the beginning of an image and a story will be found, and that might inspire other people to work on their puzzle pieces. Wow. This is so exciting. And this, uh, I feel like I have tapped into some of this connection energy or whatever it's called because... Uh, uh, I attended Harry Pickens' call One Nation Under Love yes. and I had a powerful idea during that and right after that I attended this podcast called I'm not a podcast I attended a, a, a call it's called Love Anyway and it. I was just having this blossoming like this awakening like I shared my idea that I got from Harry Pickens' call at, with the people on the other call. And I, um, here's my idea. I'll just share it. Yes. It's not secret. It's not a secret. Um, my idea is to write for Democrats to write letters to Republicans and Republicans to write letters to Democrats. Like, for, like starting with, like, just everyday people writing to maybe Congress people, but not trying to tell them about this policy and that law and this and that, but just a personal love letter. Like, not a love letter as in romance, but just like, hey, how are you? I've been doing it. I've written five letters so far. On really, I love that. And it's like, I wrote to like Marco Rubio and uh, Ted Cruz and some people like that. And I just wrote like, hey, how are you doing? How's your family? And blah, blah, blah. I let them know I'm a peacemaker. I'm a Democrat, but this isn't, you know, I didn't. This isn't a political letter. I just wanted to say hi and, as a human, from human to human, let you know, let you know I care about you. And so, <laughs> I love that idea so much. What a beautiful. 
because I really feel like politics are um, just just separating us and people barely talk to family members even if they are of a different political spectrum. And what me as a therapist knows is mm -hmm. that usually our beliefs are related to personal stories, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I experienced trauma as a child and I never was able to have anyone make amends, then it's hard to believe that forgiveness is possible for other people. That's going to affect how I see mm -hmm. things like the penal justice system, mm -hmm. you know? And the more we can see each other as human beings first, mm -hmm that is going to ultimately heal us. What's going on, part of the polarization is that we spend time talking about politics mm -hmm. as our first conversation. Mm -hmm. And that's polarizing because those are the externals of the defense mechanism. We all have similar wounds. We just have reacted to them differently and gravitated to different mm -hmm. politi political views because of how our wounds tried to heal. Mm -hmm. So bringing it back to that human level is a beautiful story of Tikkun that I would love to keep talking with you about because I really think that that is just phenomenal. I, I think that's a beautiful example of Tikkun Olam. Thank you. And it's so easy to for one disconnect to lead to another disconnect yeah. and another and another. And really, that's a great example of mitzvah, of mm -hmm. reconnecting, of bringing that healing in those, those little ways. Like, I know for myself, like, so I am a Canadian, mm -hmm. and I live in America. And, um, you know, I've struggled with immigration for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people who I would meet might be Republican and... Um, and have very fixed ideas about immigration problems. And I always talked about my immigration problems because when people heard my immigration problems, they'd be like, but you're a rabbi, you have six degrees. Like, how is it possible that you are having problems with immigration? And I'm like, well, but the immigration policies are broken and they're broken for everyone. Mm. And immigration is more than what you've been told. It's lots of people and I think that helping people see a fuller picture is really really important to see the human story behind um, what is going on that might be why I, this summer the stories of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor have been so powerful is this the human stories behind it now we haven't heard human stories about the women who are being forcibly sterilized at the border or the children who are still in cages or the refugees who are being forced to stay outside at the border in inhumane conditions as people permanently write numbers on their arms in order to process them for immigration mm. in the United States. We're not talking about their stories. And that's really where journalism is a really important part of how we can connect humanly because journalism seeks to portray the humanity underneath the stories, underneath the numbers, underneath the facts. And so 
more and more podcasts, more and more Facebook live streamers. This is how we're able to make a difference. Of course, everyone trying to document the stories at the border have been um, removed or there's a lot of ways in which their ability to speak has been clamped down um, under the current administration. So that's really disturbing. But um, I do believe that the more stories are able to be told about what's really going on, the more some part of us can get activated, just like listening to George Floyd talk about his mother, scream for his mother for help. Every mother, even if you aren't a mother, we every maternal impulse within every human being, male or female, got activated in that moment. And I think that's, that's what helps spark an awakening, at least in terms of that. Yeah. But we aren't hearing the cries of children at the border in cages crying for their parents. Um, we're not hearing that. So therefore, nobody is protesting that. Um, and there's a lot of other stories that we're not hearing. And right. so we're not protesting. But, but you, oh, wherever we, people awaken, my mm -hmm. hope is the more they awaken, mm -hmm. the more that connection builds and the more that'll translate into an awareness that can lead to political change. Yeah, like I was just thinking like cruelty and like, you know, there's been slavery, there's been the Inquisition. I mean, cruelty is nothing new in the human it race. But it, we are more aware of it. We're not completely aware of every aspect of it, maybe. I'm sure, definitely. But we're more aware of it now than ever. So I think that is one of the reasons why we're, why today is the best time to start healing, um, because we can be aware of it with technology and everything. I agree. You know? And actually, there's this great story. The, the Rebbe um, Menachem Schneerson says mm -hmm. that if you look at the world... And you see something that's wrong, then that is the part of the world that God has designated for you to try to fix. Mm -hmm. If, on the other hand, you look at the world and you don't see anything wrong, then you have to look inside of yourself because that is where the healing first must start mm. for you to have the compassion to be able to see all the things that are wrong. And I love that for so many reasons, but one of them is because... Being able to see what is wrong is actually a strength. And too often, people who see what is wrong just get depressed. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to get depressed, but the depression should call us to make a change. And, um, you know, the great Rebbe Nachman, who um, struggled with depression his whole life, he, he really taught that the focus on seeing sadness should be our call to action, not to let it weigh us down, but to realize how crushing it would be if we didn't kindle our lights. Yeah, I think that's one reason I care so much about Tikkun Olam. Um, I mean, I do want to heal the world as much as possible, but also I don't want to be depressed, you know? Because it helps me, to help others helps me feel yeah. energized and excited and purposeful. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think sometimes depression is a repression of other impulses. So the mm -hmm. more we can let those impulses out, 
the more healing is possible. Yes. Um, Does that bring us to a close? Because I'm I think it could. I mean, I don't think there's ever going to be a close right. to healing the right. world. That's right. True. But um, <laughs> hopefully it's a good start for your mm-hmm. listeners. Yeah. And hopefully they will continue signing in to your podcast to find new ways of thinking about how to make this world a better place for everybody. Yes. Thank you so it's... much for what you're doing. Thank you. To help spread the word of the need for healing. Uh, thank you. And I feel like maybe, uh, do you, before we go, I just realized we haven't, you haven't, I haven't given you the chance to talk about some of the things you do personally. Like I know what, like after 9-11, you joined the American Red Cross and counseled people that were suffering. And I know you've done a whole lot yourself. And I know mainly, I just don't know if I've given you the chance to talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> if you want to. I mean, it's, I feel like wherever I go, I try to find opportunities. Wherever I see there's something missing, I try to find opportunities to fill that gap. So I was one of two Spanish speaking chaplains serving mm-hmm. in the Red Cross because there weren't any Spanish speaking chaplains. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was where, where I tried to fill in the gap and, Um, you know, where I worked in a hospital, my job was partially to help make sure that people who can't afford medical care are able to access medical care. Mm. So it's, it's about wherever you are finding that spot. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where God is going to continue to lead me, but wherever I am, I'm going to just keep trying to find those missing pieces and see how what pieces I have can fit in between and that's that's really my goal in life it's not specifically to do this or be that it's to find ways of having my puzzle pieces fit somewhere and once they fit somewhere then I look for other puzzle pieces to fit somewhere else. where the world's greatest need meets where you light up inside that yes that's beautiful that's perfect i forget who said that because it has to light you up and that's how you know that the pieces fit right because yeah if you find something the world needs but it doesn't light you up then that's not yours somebody else's puzzle piece needs to go there exactly that's exactly it and then uh but yeah but Oh, yeah. Okay. I think my puzzle pieces are starting. They're lighting up. I love it. Starting to light. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So it's been so great to have you here. And uh, I feel blessed, honestly, to have you here. And thank you. I, yeah, I've been wondering where you were for a long time. And now I feel like now. Here I am. Now I found you. Okay. <laughs> it's true because I used to be rabbi at the temple where you were at. Right. And I journeyed and went, um, got my doctorate, worked yeah. in hospice, right. um, helped start a palliative care department at Temple mm-hmm. University Hospital, mm-hmm. but found my way back to Louisville, which um, 
I guess, needed a few extra puzzle pieces of mine. So Yes, well... It's and I been, needed a few of their puzzle pieces. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad we reconnected and... Um, Me too. And everything, so hope one day again in the future I'd love to have you back on my show just to I would love that. share that more about this okay great awesome thank you yeah